Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 130 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you as the Brewers are at home, finishing up a series against the Cincinnati Reds with an off day on Thursday, and then, of course, a three-game series of the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend before another road trip to finish up this month of August. Over the last week since we last talked, the crew went 2-4, and four. A loss on Wednesday in Chicago, so they ended up splitting that two-game series at Wrigley against the Cubs, dropping the first two games against the Cardinals in St. Louis, but coming back and winning the Sunday game against the Cardinals to salvage a game out of that series. They went 3-5 and five on that road trip through Atlanta, Chicago, and St. Louis, came home. The Reds on Monday pulling out that victory and then dropping a tough one on Tuesday night to the Cincinnati Reds. So 2-4 and four again for the week. The record for the crew, 70-58 and 58 overall entering play on Wednesday. Three games back in the NL Central of the Cubs. And, of course, the Cardinals and Brewers are currently occupying the two wild card spots in the National League. So if the season ended today, the Brewers would be in the postseason, but it's jumbled up. There's a bunch of teams all in contention. Cardinals and Brewers are within a half game of each other as well. The other big news is that the 2019 schedule released on Wednesday, and this is always an exciting time. Typically, it's come out in September in the last couple of years, but coming out at the end of August here this year, and the Brewers will open at home in 2019. Opening day set for March 28th. That's a Thursday, 1-10 start against the Cardinals. So the Brewers opened on the road against San Diego this year, and then the home schedule opened against the Cardinals. They're going to open the entire season against the Cardinals in 2019 again. That's a March 28th, Thursday, 110 opening day start for the crew. Then the Cardinals will be in town for three more after that, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Crew will go on a short three-game road trip to Cincinnati, come home for an off day before welcoming the Cubs for three, and then go out on the West Coast for the first time of 2019 when they go play the Angels for three and off day in L.A. and then three with the Dodgers. That's kind of how the season gets started for the crew. Then they come home for a seven-game homestand. Some highlights, of course, the, the Brewers will be playing the AL West as their crossover over the course of the 2019 season. So we told you they'll go to L.A. to take on the Angels. The Brewers will also go to Oakland for two games. The A's will come back for two games as well. And, of course, then there's the anchored-in crossover with the rivalry with the Twins. That's a 2-2 two and two between the Twins and the Brewers. The other AL West teams that the Brewers will travel to in 2019, we told you about the Angels, and we told you about the A's. They'll also go to Houston for two as well. Then coming back, which is what most of our fans are, are, are probably the most concerned about, Who's coming back in to Milwaukee in 2019? Well, the A's will come back for two. Uh, Houston will come back for two. And I should I should correct myself. The A's will not come back for two. The Brewers will go to the A's for a three-game series, the 30th, 31st of July, and then the 1st of August. But the uh, Astros will come in for two at the beginning of September. The Rangers will be in town for a weekend series 
in August, and you also have Seattle coming to town uh, for a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series at the end of June. So those are kind of the, the highlights of the schedule for 2019. There are three weekend series at Miller Park against the Cubs. The second weekend of the season, Cubs come into town April 5th, 6th, and 7th. Then the Cubs come into town again in July, July 26th, 27th, and 28th. And then the Cubs will be in town at the beginning of September for a four-game series at Miller Park. That's the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. So that's a look at the schedule for 2019. Certainly very exciting, and um, it'll be fun to see how the crew builds that team to get ready for the 2019 season as they try to finish up this 2018 season with a bang, certainly competing for a playoff spot. And one of the guys trying to help them get there is Travis Shaw. I had a chance to catch up with him earlier in the week, and we sat down to talk about the move to second base and this team trying to make that push. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, in 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was um, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in. Uh, trying to do too much now for the clubhouse conversation travis uh, you've been moving around the diamond a little bit it hasn't affected your offense in the least it hasn't looked like what's this been like for you a little bit of a challenge i mean there's a lot of a lot of new things at second base i'm still trying to get used to uh, i think you saw the other day in chicago i didn't have the greatest fourth inning just it's different over there i mean I'm trying to do my best but there's different angles and all that stuff that you just for me, experiencing for the first time in a game and uh, just trying to take in as much as I can defensively right now. And like you said, try to not let it affect me at the plate, which I don't think it has. Um, I don't think it will either. So uh, just a lot of different challenges, stuff that's new to me, but just doing the best that I can. How much easier was this challenge once you got a game under your belt, you got some balls hit your way, and after you turn that first double play as well? Yeah, it was good. I mean, a lot of, like I said, a lot of that, the, a lot of the situation stuff has the first time I've ever experienced it. I've never played second base at any level coming up, uh, besides in the shift. So uh, a lot of that stuff that comes up comes up during the game was the first time that I've experienced any of that. This offense has been performing at a really good clip, uh, especially if you go back to essentially when Mustakas was acquired. I think you guys are averaging about five runs a game since that time. How has it impacted this lineup one through nine by adding these extra bats and Mike Moustakas and Jonathan Scope into the lineup? It just lengthens the lineup. I mean, it, it, it puts everybody, it makes one spot deeper, two spots deeper. I mean, you got Thames hitting seventh every now and then in that lineup. So, I mean, that's a pretty good seven hole hitter. So, uh, for me, I got pushed down to the five hole. So, it, it just lengthens the lineup and makes it a lot more deep. This is a, a playoff race that feels a little bit like last year in, in many ways, where it's tight, looks like it's going to be tight all the way through. How do you guys take last year's experience and, and learn from it and build from it now moving forward this year? Yeah, what we experienced last year in September, I mean, the last three weeks of the season was pretty much every day was a must win. So uh, we've been through it. We know, we know how intense those games are going to be down the stretch, and everybody now has a year of experience through that, and it's going to benefit us now. And uh, it seems like it's going to be pretty much a three-team race the rest of the way. I don't think the Cardinals are going anywhere. You know, the Cubs aren't going anywhere. So 
we're gonna have to we're gonna have to strap it on and kind of get hot here these last six seven weeks. We mentioned the the additions of the bats and of course uh, a little bit banged up right now. But when healthy, Ryan Braun has had a really good last three weeks or so, which makes a big difference to this lineup too, as we saw on Tuesday in Chicago. Yeah, it does. I mean, he he still shows flashes of carrying a team, and uh, the other day in Chicago, two home runs. Uh, when he's healthy and he's completely healthy, he shows what he can do offensively, and uh, we're, we're going to need him. We're going to need him. What does it say about this group of guys that, you know, you yourself willing to move around to help make this team better? Jonathan Scope playing some shortstop where he hasn't played a lot uh, of in his career, and, and, and other guys that have moved around the diamond. Ryan Braun at the beginning of the year playing some first base. What does that say about this group and the, the hunger to win? Yeah, it's just it's a common goal. I mean, it's it's fun to win. You don't you don't want to be on a losing team. You don't want to be out of a race in August. Everybody says these are the dog days, but when you're in a race, it's it's fun to come to the field every single day. And uh, we have a lot of guys that are that are selfless uh, right now and willing to do whatever it takes to to win and continue to win. And uh, I think that's going to go a long way down the stretch. Travis, we appreciate it as always. Thank you. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. This week on Sabermetrics 101, we look at a couple of different guys that are putting together some good stretches right now for the crew. We all know about Christian Yelich and what he had done from the beginning of July through about the early portion of August for maybe 35 straight games or so. Christian Yelich was one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Then in a short stretch in early August, he cooled down for about five games where he went just one for 20. He's back in the midst of an eight-game hitting streak. He's hitting for some power again. Christian Yelich looks like he's got that swing going again for the Brewers. Travis Shaw, who we just talked to, has really been swinging it well for the Brewers here in a small sample size over the last week or so. In his last 14 games, he has six home runs. He's driven in 11, and he sports a 667 slugging percentage in that time. And then... Maybe one of the biggest differences for the Brewers right now has been the production they're getting out of the catcher spot. Eric Kratz has been swinging it much better here recently, but Manny Pena is also really heated up. He is hitting 436 over his last 13 games. He's 17 for 39 in that span, and it just makes such a big difference in that lineup when somebody hitting in the eighth spot is producing for you, and the Brewers are getting that right now from Manny Pena or from Orlando Arcia, depending on how they structure the lineup when Jonathan Scope is playing shortstop, then he hits seventh, and Manny Pena or Eric Kratz are, at that point are usually hitting eighth, but if Orlando Arcia is in there, then Arcia probably hits eighth, and Pena or Kratz will hit seventh. But getting production from the bottom of the order has been a big deal, and the Brewers' offense has been performing overall at a much better clip because of some of those things. Checking in on the farm. Well, as we go down on the farm and check the Brewers' minor leagues out, we begin with AAA Colorado Springs sitting at 64-59 and 59 overall on the season. They are a game back of Oklahoma City in the American Northern Division of the Pacific Coast League. AA Biloxi sitting at 33-25 and 25 in the second half of their Southern League season. They're just a half game back. In second, currently in the South Division of the Southern League. Of course, they won the first half, so they're already going to the postseason as uh, they are sitting in a very good spot. They have continued to get great production out of Corey Ray, who hit another home run 
on Tuesday, his 26th of the season, helping lead this team to uh, pretty impressive heights over the course of the 2018 season. Nate Greep converted his 32nd save of the year, and Trey Supak was very good. Six innings out of Trey Supak uh, on Tuesday and struck out six, allowed just three hits over the course of that start from Trey Supak. He is really starting to pitch very, very well. In his last six starts, he has just a 1-2-9 ERA, 35 innings and just five earned runs allowed. He has been one of the guys amongst a, a pretty big group of guys with Brewers prospects that have pitched well over the course of this season. Class A Advanced Carolina, they are 25-30 and 30 in their second half of the Carolina League Southern Division, nine and a half games out uh, in their own division. Class A Wisconsin is sitting at uh, an even 500, 29-29 in the second half of their season. They're seven games back in the Western Division of the Midwest League. And the rookie pioneer, uh, league Helena Brewers are 12 and 11 in their second half. They're sitting at four games back in the Northern Division of the Pioneer League, and the Arizona League Brewers are 11 and 13 overall in the second half. They are four and a half games back as well. Zach Brown has had a big year going back to the Double A conversation. A big year in Double A's nine and zero with a 2.33 ERA on the season. There was a big promotion this week. Clint Coulter has been moved up. He was in the middle of a nine-game hitting streak in AA, and he's been bumped up to AAA, so he's going to finish the year in the last couple of weeks with the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. And it's been a big season as well for Tyrone Taylor. Speaking of the Sky Sox, he has a 270 average, but 20 doubles, 8 triples, 18 home runs, and 66 driven in to go along with 12 steals in 105 games this year. It's been impressive to see what he's been able to do. And one other player that is turning a lot of heads down in the Pioneer League is David Fry. He was a Pioneer League All-Star this year. He went two for three on Tuesday. He added a home run, uh, two driven in uh, in the game in the midst of a doubleheader. But he's hitting 317. He has 23 extra base hits, and he's driven in 41 in 51 games with Helena so far this year. We told you about the big year that Corey Ray is putting together. He is putting himself on the map as probably one of the top prospects in the Brewers system and arguably should start showing back up on some of those top 100 lists going in to the 2019 season. We had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him about his season so far. Corey, you have had a great season so far, 26 home runs, over 30 stolen bases. You dealt with an injury that got your season started late in 2017. How big of a deal has it been for you this year that you came into the year healthy and ready to go? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think last season towards in spring training, I was trying to find a modification of a swing that I could use that would somehow allow me to be successful without the full strength of my legs. And um, this season I felt great and I worked hard this off season. So the focus in spring training this season was just finding a swing that worked for me that I could use the whole year that would allow me to be as successful as I possibly could be. And I stuck to that. How have you unlocked the power that you've shown this season? Just swinging at good pitches. Um, I hate and coach says it all the time. You're only as good as the pitches that you swing at. And I think that the more strength and discipline that I have, um, the better I am as a hitter. Does it motivate you when you look around in the clubhouse and you see so many other prospects? Uh, you guys are all going through this together. But at the same time, is there some friendly competition between guys? Uh, no, I don't think. 
I think for us, once we got drafted, all of that went out of the window. I think this year is just about um, everyone getting better every single day and um, just going out and trying to win a baseball game. You've had a big year on the base pads, maybe overshadowed a little bit by your power. What are some of the keys that you're trying to read on a pitcher when you're preparing to steal a base? Just as if, there's, if there's one thing that the pitcher does when he goes home that's different from, from when he's picking off, um, if, I can, if I'm able to find that early, um, I, I have a pretty good success rate when it comes to stealing. Also, um, I'm starting to go on when I think breaking ball counts are coming, which I think also allows me to be more successful in stealing bases. Uh, just small things that I could pick up that gives me the advantage to steal the base. What has this season shown you in terms of your ability as a professional? Gives me hope. You know, last year I worked hard and I worked so hard in the off season and I worked so hard during spring training, and you hope that someday that work converts over to some success on the baseball field. And um, I'm not a finished product by any means. I think I'm just scratching the surface, but um, it allows me to have faith in the work that I'm doing, and um, it, it allows me to trust the process. Is it more real now that you're in Double A? Can you feel that you're getting closer to that potential big league call over the next couple of years? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Coaches say it all the time, you're a phone call away. Um, anything can happen, so just be ready and continue to get better. And when when I heard that I was coming to double A, you know, the first thing is, you know, you play good and you could end up in triple A and if you're in triple A you're right there and you're kicking the door down and um for me it's, it was just about getting everything that I could out of the work that I put in. Um, and continuing to stay consistent in the work that I put in and letting everything take care of itself. All right, I want to ask you about a couple of your teammates in Biloxi. Tell me what you've observed from Lucas Ursig. Yeah, definitely. He's the best hitter on the planet. Um, and then I think throughout the season, you go through your ups and downs. And I think in the second half, he's, he's been better. He's been Lucas Ursig. But last year in the second half, he also um, took off and, in Carolina, and he was also Lucas Thursday, so I think that he'll be one of the guys that gets better as the season continues to go on. How have you enjoyed getting to know fellow first-rounder Keston Hero over the last couple of months? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, we argue all the time. I say I'm a better second baseman than him with my with my infielder skills, but, you know, Keston's great. You would never know that he was a first-rounder by just talking to him because he's so down to earth, and um, he's just a great guy. Corey, appreciate the time as always. Best of luck through the rest of this year and in the postseason as well. Uh, we have enjoyed watching your season from afar. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you. Here's what's on tap. Well, here's what's coming up this weekend at Miller Park. Brewers and Pirates should be an exciting matchup for these two NL Central foes. Friday, that's a 7-10 start. Performance t-shirts going to be handed out to the first 20,000 fans, courtesy of Master Printware. These are really cool shirts you're going to go wear to the gym, you're going to work out in. First 20,000 fans will get those. It's also student night, so high school and college students can get tickets for as low as $10 and enjoy a special $4 menu through the first inning. And then Saturday is a 6-10 start. That's Peanuts Night. There's a Brewer Snoopy bobblehead with a special ticket package. And the first 10,000 fans, 21 and older, are going to get a Brewmaster shirt, courtesy of Miller Brewing Company. Then on Sunday, that's a 1-10 start. Lorenzo Kane bobblehead. All fans will get that. Kids ice cream Sunday as well. Kids 14 and under enjoy a free ice cream bar, courtesy of Blue Ribbon Classics. To lock in your seats for those games, visit Brewers.com. 
All right, that's going to do it for us. And this week's edition of Brewers on Tap, episode number 130, is in the books. We'll talk to you next week from Cincinnati. I'm Lane Grindle.